welcome to this Sunday message, Sunday the 10th, September 2023. Before we get going with the message, let's just pray. Father God, thank you for helping us with this word. You know how important it is to every one of us. And I just pray that you'd help me to share what's on your heart, that your will might be done in every life within the sound of my voice. I thank you that no force of darkness will prevent this word from going forth and achieving that which you wanted to do. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. Let's just turn in our Bibles to Psalm 139. I'm going to be reading from verse 13 to 16. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eye saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they all were written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them. A quick scripture from the New Testament. We turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I'm going to just read one verse, and that is verse 12. For now we see in a mirror, dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know, just as I also am known. Thank you, Lord. Now, the subject we want to cover this morning is this very important question. Who am I? Who am I? There's a lot more to the question than just simple name and possibly address. The whole understanding of who we really are covers a wide range of issues that are so critically important to us as human beings. Why is it important? Well, the truth of the matter is that, you see, in as far as we understand who we are, to that extent we are able to function. If we have doubt, if we don't know, if we're still trying to answer that question in our heart, to a large extent we're left struggling. This is the normal process for anyone growing up. I'm sure everyone will recall early childhood memories, but those memories certainly weren't the moment when you and I came out of the womb. The point is that finding out who we are, self-realization, identity, etc., is an ongoing process. It's a human process. And what's important is that this process takes place in the right framework, in the right paradigm. If it doesn't, if we get the wrong information along the way, it can have serious repercussions for our life. If we don't know who we are, we don't find out who we are, to a large extent, we are dysfunctional. 
I believe it's the church's job to help, especially young people, in this process of self-discovery. Something else that's very important to understand is that in this process, you and I are not alone. I think as a young person growing up, we always tend to think that I'm having all these difficulties, but everybody else seems to be so fine. Everybody else seems to have got a handle on it, you see. That's not the case. It doesn't matter how people behave in public, how self-confident they may appear. Not that self-confidence is a bad thing. But very often it can be mere performance to try and cover up an emptiness inside. We don't want that, you see. We want us as people to be whole. But bear in mind that it is a process and it doesn't happen overnight. To a large extent, I think every one of us continues on this journey of discovery, self-discovery, as it were, until the very day we die. That's the implication of that scripture we read in Corinthians. We see dimly now, we see in part. But there will come a time when we know just as we are known. You see, we will know just as we are known. The point is God knows all about us. And so important to realize that To find out who we are, we must go to the source. We must find out from the one who made us. From that psalm we read, 139. The psalmist is expressing that God knew us from the beginning. He had great plans for us from the word go. And our duty on this earth is to discover those plans. It's not true that those plans will just take place automatically. That's fatalism. What will be, will be. God never intended for you and I to walk on this earth, wandering around, wondering what's going to happen next, and vaguely believing that God's got it in control. Well, he has, but we've got to play a part. And once again, we need to understand that it is a process. Now, in this journey of self-discovery, we've got to realize that it's not just one concept. It's a combination of many things, all of which are critically important. For a start, to understand who we are, we need to know where we come from. You'll find in the Bible very, very often people are named something along the lines of Bar, Bar Jonah. Wherever you see that word Bar, it means the son of. Very often in the Bible you'll see people referred to as the son of. The genealogies in the Bible trace the birth of Christ right back through the generation, ultimately tracing his ancestry to. Adam, the son of God. You see, you and I need to know where we come from. To a large extent, the environment out of which we come helps to give us identity. A family is really important in that respect. Now, obviously, many of us might not have families or have families that are not functional, supposedly, 
And God understands that. It's all right. You see, where we come from ultimately is not traced to our families. It goes beyond that. We were created in the heart of God. That's where we come from. And for you and I to have our identity, we need to realize that. We need to realize we're not just random beings on this earth that have no use, no purpose. We were placed here with a purpose. The other thing we need to realize in this process of finding out who we are is to know where we are going. And yes, we have a life ahead of us and things that we have to do in this life. But more importantly, we need to realize that one day we all appear before God. That is ultimately where we are going, where we are headed. And you see, your and my identity, who we are, can be tempered a lot by that fact that one day we will stand one-on-one before God. In a sense, on this earth, we play before an audience of one. The big mistake we make, you see, is we're looking to other people to define who we are. And although peers, family, help us to find our identity, they cannot, cannot, cannot replace the identity that we have in Almighty God. It can't be done. And when we do that, we make a great, great mistake. The other area that we need to realize is that not only do we derive our our identity from where we come from and where we are going, but also from what we are called to do. So very important. You see, when we come to an understanding of what it is that God wants us to do on this earth, it helps a lot with us understanding who we are. And you see, if we are doing what God called us to do, there's great security in that. Now, I need you to say that one of the great downsides of not knowing who we are, or let me put it this way, not being secure in who we are, it makes it very difficult for us to relate to other people. You see, if we aren't secure in who we are, when we encounter other people, we get in the way. Our relationships with other people are stifled. If I'm not sure who I am, then I inevitably will compare myself with other people. And when you and I are in a position where we have to compare ourselves with other people, we lose our individual sense of identity. And we, in a sense, become slaves to the herd mentality. We can't break out of it. This is a very deep thing. And it's not something that is overcome overnight. It's a process, actually. But you see, the moment our identity is derived from the opinion of others, we become slave to that opinion. What that means is, when we come into contact with people, we do one of two things. Because of fear, we have to either prove that we're better than them, 
or we have to undermine them to bring them below ourselves in our own thinking. Now, you see, the truth of the matter is that in any area of life, there will always be somebody who is further developed than we are, and there will always be somebody who is less, you see. It doesn't matter who you are. Nobody can be perfect in every area. If I don't know who I am, and I'm not secure in where I'm going and what I'm supposed to be doing, people that I perceive are better than me become a threat. And people that I perceive are less than me become an object of derision. The point is I can't relate properly. But if I'm secure in who I am, you see, who we are, then whenever we meet people, perhaps if they are much more developed than we are in a certain area, we can look at that as an opportunity to learn and to grow. The other side of the coin, if we come across people, which we always will, who maybe don't know as much as we do in any area, we can look at that as an opportunity to help. Can you see? In either way, we can grow, we can develop, we can be a blessing, we can enjoy other people's company. There isn't this constant, constant challenge to try and prove something. And you see, if you carry that through your life, you'll find life very frustrating. And it'll be very difficult to develop meaningful relationships when we know who God is and who we are. We are set free to relate to other people the way he wants us to. There's also a danger in this process of knowing what we call to do. Once again, please understand something. If you are completely convinced of what God has called you to do, there is a danger that you will substitute that calling for your relationship with Him. What I mean by that is, even though we might excel in a particular area, and it might give full effect to our personality, etc., and it might be a great joy for us, there is a danger of associating our worth with that gifting or that calling. You see, who we are isn't wrapped up just with what we do. It isn't. The danger is we can be so wrapped up in what we do that if for some reason that ability gets robbed from us, taken from us, we become lost people. People without any identity. You see, our identity must not be in what we do. Although it helps us with our sense of worth. A great example of this is one mighty man of God who was involved with an outreach to try and stop abortions. He protested outside an abortion clinic somewhere in America. And he was the pastor of a big church. And the authorities don't take kindly to that. They took this as an opportunity. So-called civil rights movements took him to court. And the result of all of this was that he was stripped of everything, of his ministry, 
of every single bit of resource that he had, I think he spent some time in jail. Totally, totally unjustly. But that's the world in which we live. Now, in this position, his testimony was that he discovered something. You see, we're on this journey of self-discovery, and it never ends. But he realized this point, that his identity had become wrapped up in the great ministry to which he was called. And these events, as unfortunate as they were, was used by God, you see, to strip him of that. And I believe his ministry took another turn and bore a lot of fruit for God from there. The point is this, you see, we can't allow what we are good at to define our worth and our value. That's a dangerous road to go down. Now, two other things I'd like to mention just here. There's another thing I'll finish off with. But you see, we've got to realize that in this process of self-discovery, there are a few surprises along the way. Remember that scripture where the day will come when we know ourselves as fully as we are known by him. Well, he knows us fully now already, you see. The problem is we don't. And in this journey of life, circumstances do arise that we might not really like. And these circumstances, I believe, are orchestrated by God to show us what sort of people we really are. Anyone who has had the joy of being married will know what I'm talking about. You're living your little life in your own little bubble. You meet this wonderful person and you get married. And of course, you live happily ever after. But in the process, you suddenly realize, oh my goodness, there's this foreign being that's invading my space. (laughs) You see, up till then, our lives have all been centered around ourselves and we don't realize that there's not much room for somebody else. But you see, when we work with God and let God work with us, these things are exposed and the essential selfishness that we all have has to get taken to the cross. There's a death involved. The more we prepare to die to ourselves, the more we're able to really live. That's the paradox. The other beautiful thing about this journey of self-discovery is that along the road, we can have the joy of discovering giftings and abilities within us that we never knew were really there. This really comes into its own is when you and I put ourselves out on a limb in service for the king. I can't tell you how many stories I know of people who, for instance, were never regarded as leaders. The many occasions where people have found themselves in a position, people that in the normal course of events have never ever been regarded as leadership material, but they find themselves in a position where a leader is required. A desperate situation. And these very same people that normally would never say boo to a goose take up the challenge and show us the most amazing qualities of real leadership. I think of people that found themselves in a place where people had to be taught 
And they never thought of themselves as teachers or as preachers. And yet because of a willingness to stand up to the plate, they discovered this gifting within them. Life is a journey of discovery. And in the process, you see, as we learn more and more about ourselves, who we are, we come more and more to the realization of this great and wonderful creature that God created. We are better able to relate to other people, to be a blessing, and to enjoy life the way God intended us to. I trust that you are blessed. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. Amen.